What's up, bookies, and welcome to Eclipse Voices, the podcast that uplifts minority writers who weave intricate stories that hold you spellbound. So, what are we waiting for? Let's turn the page. Let's turn the page. What is happening, bookies? It's your girls here, and I am back with another episode of Scene Reads, but with a twist. I'm getting to read scenes from my own book to you guys, and it was hard to choose just a couple, but... I think I managed to get it done. I hope you guys enjoy them, and without further ado, let's get right into it. Gray's attention had gone up to the ceiling, but as his father stated his name and the insinuation in his voice, his blue eyes snapped down to meet their equal. He knew that this would happen as well. In the midst of any argument their father ever had with sin, Gray was always brought into it, and it was never in any way in his liking. At times, it felt to Gray as if his father placed more on his shoulders than he did sins, which he chalked up to the fact that the old man was depending on him to keep his brother in check, that and the fact that they were barely two years apart in age. However, that didn't mean he always accepted what his father had to say or let what he said slide. Far from it. I have a solution. Then why does the problem persist? Their father countered. Guns blazing isn't always the way to go in. I want to annihilate the entire problem, and I put a band-aid on the surface scrape. You need to deal with the insects you have and let the rest fall into place. It worked in my day. I am not you, Gray countered. We're going to do this my way because I refuse to put Malaya in more danger than she already is in by simply being with me. Your way is sloppy, and doing it your way could get her hurt. You know what getting the woman you love hurts feels like, right, Dad? Same question. Gray's jaw ticked, but for the most part, he kept his face composed as his eyes went to his older brother for the dig. Not even Kylan would have said some shit like that reminding their father of his most regretful decision. The room was quiet for several long seconds before Gray watched their father stand up and exit the office, the door slamming harshly behind him. So that was a scene from chapter one, and it's actually one of the first scenes in the book. So we're starting off with a bang. And I don't know about y'all, but if I was Grayson, sending Gray's father, I might've chopped Sin in the throat because he gets a real smart mouth when his dad's around. Sin leaned back in the chair he occupied as he stared down the man across from him. He and his siblings were meeting with Doss, and he was already irritated with the man. So much so, his trigger finger was itching, and he hadn't even given him a chance to respond to what Gray had just said to him. Normally, he wasn't a fan of sitting when he was in potential enemy territory. However, Doss had proven to them a few times that he was not stupid enough to try them and have his life forfeited. It also helped that he had his youngest three siblings standing behind him and a few of their trusted men at the door. He watched as Doss rubbed his chin, and he could see the rage the other man was trying to hide in his eyes. What Sin wanted to know was whether or not it was from the fact that he had a traitor in his midst. The fact that he already knew and was in on whatever Pruitt had going on and was pissed because Marvin had slipped up. Or the fact that he was simply mad they brought the accusation to him. You're telling me that Marvin is working with the man that wants to take you out, Doss questioned, leaning forward, resting his chin on his hands. From your reaction, I'm going to take it you didn't know, Grace stated. Don't get me wrong. I fully understand the benefits of having you all gone and opening up more territory for the rest of us to take over. However, the benefits you offer me alive work far more in my favor. I also like living a great deal more than this Pruitt does. So no, I didn't know. Though I did suspect that Marvin was more of a snake than the rest of us, so I was having his movements watched. You suspected him of foul behavior and you didn't tell us, his little sister questioned. Sin watched as Doss's attention turned to Emery. I don't answer to the five of you. What goes on in my organization is for me to deal with. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a scene from chapter 10 where the siblings go and confront Doss about a possible traitor he has in his camp. And I don't know about Doss, but he might want to tamper down that smart mouth before he ends up swallowing a bullet. 
You will be happy to know that I have a date tonight, Brandon told Corey as he clocked in for his shift. She raised a brow at him as she placed the new inventory on hangers and hung them on the rolling rack. Why would that make me happy? Because there is the potential that I will get some and I'll be less cranky. My mood has been all over the place the last few weeks. It seemed normal to me, just as annoying as always. Brandon sucked his teeth, rolling his eyes at her. Bitch, I'm about to stop being your friend. Don't do me any favors, she told him with a smirk. Brandon rolled his eyes at her before walking from behind the counter. Corey knew that he wasn't actually mad at her and would be back in a few minutes to tell her all about whatever guy he was going out with, how they met, where he hoped they were going, the whole nine. She was proven correct when five minutes later he came back and pulled himself up on the back counter. I forgive your rudeness, he told her, and Corey rolled her eyes. Now let me tell you about this guy. For the next half an hour, while they put clothes on hangers and double-checked the prices, she listened to him tell her about a barista at a little coffee shop downtown. Apparently, Brendan had gone in there one day to use the bathroom, saw the man, and decided to order some coffee. You're telling me that you went in and ordered coffee every day so this man would ask you out, only to waste it. You know they have other things, right? I'm aware, but I wasn't wasting it. There's a homeless man that takes up residence nearby, and I was giving it to him. Corey smiled. Look at you, showing that you actually have a heart beating in that little chest. This received her an eye roll, but she continued, I would have never guessed my little Brandon was human after all. You know what, Heffa? You make my booty hole itch. That caused Corey to laugh as Brandon hopped off the counter so that they could start putting up the inventory. There you are, ladies and gents. That scene was from chapter 14, and it is on the lighter side of things, but a real question. Does anyone else have a friend like Brandon, or is it just me? She didn't respond, but Sin knew she wouldn't. He had learned that she didn't like being placed in a position where she had to be held accountable for her actions, and he figured it was because she was so used to sudden, and even Luna just accepting whatever she did, that over time even her wrongdoing seemed to have become normal to her, though they always could have felt that way. Whose side are you on? She questioned him after several long moments of silence. Mine, he told her. You didn't want me to interfere, so I didn't because I was under the assumption that you would try to fix things, lessen the tension, and you did the exact opposite. You caused more which now affects me as well as everyone else. Two lectures in one day. Thanks, she told him dryly. You came in here. You asked me to be honest with you. You could have been less blunt, because your words aren't blunt when you throw them at other people. You don't have to be so callous about it. You could have been, I don't know, softer. Sin refrained from rolling his eyes as she raised her chin in indignation. Was it not you that told me that you weren't fragile and not to treat you like you were? Pick a side, he told her. You either want that or you want me to spare your feelings and sugarcoat things so my message never gets across. Your siblings don't talk to their girlfriends like this. I'm not my sibling, Sin told her. Aside from possibly Malaya, the other women needed his siblings to be soft with them because they weren't made for the type of life they lived and hadn't integrated into it yet. Clearly, she snapped back. He said nothing because he figured this was the beginning of the lashing out he was expecting. I didn't come in here to argue with you, she stated after a moment. Sin decided not to tell her even if she had, she'd only be arguing with herself. And that scene comes to you from chapter 17 after Naila has done some shit in a previous chapter that she just knew she shouldn't have done. And Sin is trying to get her to see reason, but it's Naila, so we know how that's going to turn out. Kylan stepped in front of Malaya, placing himself between her and his brother. Gray was slightly taller than he was, only having two inches on Kylan but being the tallest sibling. However, you would have thought the height difference was substantial the way Gray glared down his nose at him. The younger model male knew it was because he placed himself in his brother's way. Gray had been losing his mind searching for Malaya. Kylan knew he wasn't sleeping and he was barely eating, and while he was sure it had taken its toll on his brother, he was not about to let Malaya be forced into a conversation she didn't want to have. He mentally rolled his eyes at himself, wondering just when she became important to him at all. 
Kylan was sure it was more than likely the fact that most people tended to be afraid of him when they first had a conversation with him. She'd simply called him a smart mouth and told him not to come back. Get out of the way, Kylan. I need to speak to Malaya. You want to speak to her. And no, I'm not going to do that because she isn't ready to talk to you. Don't you have your own girlfriend you need to check on? His brother questioned, and Kylan raised a brow at him. Sutton had nothing to do with this conversation, and he wouldn't let his brother try to use her as a scapegoat to get rid of him. So did you. But you decided to tell her to leave and that you didn't care about her. Kylan returned his smirk. He knew that had not been at all what Gray had meant, but the look on his face when Kylan said it to him was priceless. Move, Gray bit out. Or what? Kylan challenged, tipping his head to the side. I'll make you, Gray informed him, and Kylan felt Malaya's hand on his back. Kylan chuckled darkly, and he could feel Malaya gripping his shirt. You aren't the only one that can lose your shit, big brother. I don't think your beast has ever gone up against mine. The smirk fell from Kylan's face. Shall we put them to the test? Kylan, Malaya spoke, and he knew that she had assumed he'd be diplomatic in his attempts to keep Gray from talking to her until she was ready. He didn't know why she'd assumed that because he had never been diplomatic in anything. You won't like the outcome, Gray told him, and it was as if Kylan could see, physically feel his brother's layers peeling away. Kylan cracked his neck. We'll see about that. And our final scene comes to you all from chapter 19 in the hallway of the Amado residence where it might be about to go down between our two favorite psychos. You never know. You'll have to go read it to find out. All right, bookies, that is all I have for you today in terms of this scene read. As always, you can go grab your very own copy of the book over at Amazon. The link will be in the description. Don't forget to follow Eclipse Voices at Eclipse Voices on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. As always, it's been Pearls and Poetry, and I am out.